Hi, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and with me as always, Pastor Barry Edgman. How are you, Barry? I'm great, bro. How's it going? It's going really well. Going really well. Uh, we we were talking the last few weeks about... Uh, we really enjoyed when we had like a series to talk mm-hmm. about. Now, mm-hmm. the, the, we were doing one-off episodes for a, a while now. Yeah. Um, but we were we were both discussing, hey, we should we should start maybe a series again, like a part one, part two, part three. And so we've been in discussion uh, about said series. And then you came up with an idea just yesterday. And uh, that is going to be the next, the the series that we're going to be talking about here on Father Seekers over the course of the next uh, three weeks. And that series is... The Evil Trifecta, Money, Sex, and Power. The Evil Trifecta, Money, Sex, and Power. I feel yeah. like we could have used sound effects there. Yeah. The Evil like, Trifecta. And, and the other thing, too, and the other thing, too, is that some guys just work better with, with a series, and I think we're those guys. I just think we. I just think that's what, that's what we do. Yeah. That's yeah. how we roll. We're going to be talking for the next three weeks on The Evil Trifecta. Um, what defines uh, this as a trifecta, the evil trifecta? How does How does... Where did that terminology come from? Do you do you know? Is it just a just a wives' tale? I no no no. I think as I thought about one of, one of the things that happened to me when I was a kid, like 16, 17 years old, I felt I went uh, received a call into ministry, and my pastor at the time was his name was Edwin Smith, and he was from West Texas, like huge conservative guy, not politically, but Jesus guy, and he was one of the kindest, smartest guys I ever met in my life. But he got all of us guys in a room, and he talked to us about about three things that will make you or break you or destroy you or make your life easy. And he said, it's this. If you learn how to manage these three things in your life well, you'll do very well as a man. And he said, money, sex, and power. And these are all young guys, like 16, 17, 18 years old, who felt under his ministry and leadership that they were called to serve God in vocational ministry. And then he began to tell the stories about, about how, to, how to manage well and to do well and to, from his own life, because he was the example of living for Jesus, like way before Jesus guy, Jesus vernacular Jesus people was out there. He was living this kind of life and, and he did so well. Okay. So how did, so let's, let's talk about them. Why, why the three are, why are they money, sex and and power? One of the things about guys in general, but, but, and, and one of the things let's back up just a step with, with fatherless fathers, you know, one of the things that happens uh, in the original design of scripture and of man is that blessing and identity are passed down from the father to the son. <clears throat> and when, when there's no dad, when, when you grow up fatherless, blessing and, and direction and identity and lessons that you should be taught, lessons that you should know and learn from a father, you just, you don't get those lessons. So then things things in our lives begin to get uh, twisted up and we begin to seek out those sources because those are things in regard to father hunger that that dads dads should teach their sons. So if they're not taught by dads, then we begin by nature to seek out the answer, seek out the purpose. So money, sex, and power. Guys are driven 
generally by three things. This is a general statement. They're driven by being providers for the family. They're driven by relationship with a woman. And they're driven by building a kingdom. So with that, we have one of two ways to go. We can go our own way and be self-directed. Or we can go the way following the king, the Lord Jesus, and do things his way. There's not a lot of gray area here. There's not a lot of margin, Keith, with this. It's, 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 I'm a big guy that says both and, but this is one of those things that's either or. You, you, you either do it your way or you do it God's way. And those two ways are radically different in face value. Yeah. As I was as I was thinking about this subject um, yesterday afternoon and and then into this morning, uh, I, the money, sex, the power for for guys that didn't have a strong uh, male figure in their life um, or desired uh, a male figure in their life, um, when when that desire, when that uh, attraction um, isn't fulfilled, like like any uh, addictive personality, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll turn that passion and that, uh, that want and need to other things. Mm-hmm. It's not unusual for, um, for a, a person that had a really rocky childhood in the regards of, I didn't have a dad or, mm-hmm. or the father was abusive, um, to, to go down the stretch of being, a being abusive sexually to yourself, mm-hmm. uh, being abusive, uh, with substances, um, an overachiever, a workaholic, um, the aholics, uh, those tend to sp- uh, spring from children that had either an incredibly messed up parental upbringing or no parental upbringing whatsoever. That's it's clear. like That's it's like they're looking right for 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 something to fill the void, and and truthfully speaking, the easiest things to fill that void, you know, if you didn't feel wanted. If you felt betrayed because you were mishandled, um, would be going towards, well, I can show that I'm successful by just getting a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I can show I'm successful by sexual conquests. Mm-hmm. I could, I can show I'm successful by being a very powerful individual, mm-hmm. and it all stems back to an initial hurt or trauma. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that w- when you say the the evil trifecta, it's kind of like low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. It's like what you, you it, it's 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 almost predictable you know but so let's talk about the first one then so money so it's this episode's going to be talking about money um what 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 what's your what's your synapses here on the money aspect of it so on the money thing we we're crystal clear as men that in this world it's the tool that we use to together to build families, to build business, to actually survive in the world. It's, 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 um, no pun intended, but it's the commerce piece that gets us the things that we need to build our lives, to build our families, to build our homes, to build our businesses. So then we have to look at when we see money, we have to begin to ask two things. One is money. Is it the definitive definitive valuation for who I am by how much I have? 
In other words, does the amount of money that I have or the the ability to make money that I have is is that is that my source for living and building and creating and designing my kingdom? Because that's the way God created us. That's the way God created men was to to build and to design and to speak into play the 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 direction, the kingdom that that He's given us to build, or is God Himself our source? And when you look at those two those two forks in the road, there's they're literally forks in the road. Like, do I do it my way or do I do it God's way? And does that circumstance, does that idea pertain to people that don't have money as well? Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, if if I were to venture to guess. The majority of Americans, um, I guess the majority, maybe the world population, isn't necessarily suffering from, I have too much money. What do I do with it? It's, I don't make enough money. What can I do to make more? And they, and they, that obsession builds and that addiction builds. Um, are, are, are you only talking about people that have wealth? No. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I know lots of people... <clears throat> Lots of people who grew up without much and money became a pursuit for them because of the lack of it, not because of the Abundance. excessive amounts of it. Yeah. So there was, there's always this chase for money. Now, if you go to third world countries, there's still a chase for having more, getting more. But if you, if you really dig deep and study, and, and this is going to sound political, but it's not is most most third world countries pursue riches because of western western society and technology i've been in some third world countries where the people are they're happy they're healthy they're whole and they live in in houses that we would consider not even a garage so it's it's this thing of of getting more now we, we have to talk about greed here because the opposite of greed is trust. If I'm greedy, I feel like that there's going to be not enough there. So then you have to think about poverty and scarcity because poverty is having this mindset that I'm going to only do enough to get by, that I'm stuck here, so I'm not going to pursue anything outside my margins, my boundaries. Scarcity is the fear of, of not having enough when I need it. So if any of these come into play in our culture, in our society, we're going to pursue money and we're going to find it because we are conditioned in our society to have money, to have lots of it and to, to buy stuff to make us happy. Now that's a side note there, but just as an overview, a general look, if you look at the people who don't have lots of money, they're pursuing more as well. So then we have to ask the question, how do we define more? What is more? How do we how do we look at more for the guy who has opportunity, money, taken advantage of the opportunity and made buku dollars versus the guy who struggles, works hard and has limited opportunities? We're all still pursuing something. So the question is, is money our source for, for doing what we're supposed to do, designed to do? 
or is it a tool? When you answer that question, then you get clarity. Can money buy you happiness? I was in a room with some really rich guys one time. Mm. And one guy said, not the rich guy. One guy said, uh, well, money can't buy you happiness. Now he was not the richest guy in the room. Matter of fact, he was, he was, it was like, oh, you're, oh, hey man, hey, it's like, you just, you're just in here. And then the rich guy in the room laughed and he said, bro, you're just not shopping in the right places because mm-hmm. money can buy happiness, but it's short lived. It's short term. I, I, I was, I, it reminds me of a, the old saying, money can't buy you happiness, but it makes living miserable a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, so money can't buy you happiness, but it, it can maybe give you short term, uh, relief, short term satisfaction, um, I think you can pop that word money out and you can put any substance mm-hmm, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, sex can't buy so, you happiness, no. get you happiness, but it can give you a short term. Yeah. It can give you some fun right there. Real yeah, quick. P- yeah. Power can't get you happiness, but it can get mm. you short term relief food. Yeah, yeah. That big Mac can't get you happiness, but it will give you short term relief. Yeah. But, okay. You're bringing up things here that are so true because what we're talking again is about trust and greed. It's they're the opposites of each other. They're conversely mm-hmm. opposed to one another, but, but, Talking about the, the eating the right thing or choosing the Big Mac and all those great analogies that you spit out right there, those are so good. But but again, here's here's where back to the core issue is who's sourcing us? Who who is actually and when I say funding us, I'm not talking about just money, but I'm I'm saying who's sor- like who sources your life? Who, who gives to you like the guy and there's nothing wrong with working for somebody. We work for somebody, but we, we, we have our own side gigs too, as well. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with working for somebody. There's nothing wrong with that. And I know guys who I literally know guys I could call on the phone right now that have retired from Lowe's home improvement center and they're multimillionaires because they saved money and worked there for 25 years. Yeah. So I, so it's not that. It's not that. What I'm saying is that we have to define who our source is because if we, in all three of these, and we'll talk more about later, but we have to define who our source is because if we, if we are if we are determining who our source is by how much of something we have in a bank account or in our pocket because of the culture has driven us to be this way, to have all these things, then, then that's the question. That's the issue. That's, that's the question. I know guys right now, families who have lived in the same house for 50 years, not only are they wealthy financially because they saved and invested, but they're wealthy in all the other areas. They've got good kids. They've got a good marriage. They've got good relationships with their friends. So it's not the money thing, Keith. It's, it's the sourcing. It's who... Who do you view as your source for blessing and prosperity, for providing for you in this life? Is it you or is it God? Money's just the tool. It's just the in-between. I, I, I think of um, like some people that will, will be saying, well, that's easy for you to say. It doesn't sound like you're poor. You know, <laughs> um, I have I have met people that were very not rich, but yet had uh, this sustain of happiness. 
and I've met people that were very, very rich mm-hmm. and did not. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know in, in my life experience, if there is a correlation between the two, you know, I, I truthfully can't say it. Does it make, does it make it easier uh, to not worry about paying your bills every month? Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I could say that, but that doesn't go to say with, because I, I personally don't have a problem paying my bills every month that I don't have problems, mm-hmm. you know? I have I have my own Achilles heels. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my own problems. The money thing is is just a a, a byproduct. It's a, it's a it's a scapegoat for a real for the real problem at hand. Well, it here's here here's the here's I think a good point that you've just floated and that is well, let me tell the story this way. So, I have friends you do as well. Lots of people do. So it's not just me, but they find their joy. They blow off their steam. They, they, I literally have friends and I've, I've been in their cars, been in their homes. And one of the guys said to me, he said, bro, I've got to stop spending so much money. I said, what are you talking about? And we're driving down the, we're driving down the interstate in the city, uh, down one of the parkways and, and we're playing back in black as loud as it'll go in a, in, in a, in a Mercedes with a convertible. And he said, faster, faster. So I'm going 110. And he said, bro, I got to stop spending so much money. I said, what are you talking about? He said, in the last week, I've spent $5,000 on hookers and dope. Mm. And I said, <laughs> 110 miles an hour back in black. And I'm looking at this guy, like a brilliant dude, like, the dude's got a theology degree, like literally. And I'm thinking, get in his house. And he said, can you get the, get the money in the, in the, in the console? Because my ex-wife's got a key and she'll come by and try to get the money out. So I'm, 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 I'm already connecting dots here. Like, <clears throat> so I pull out about 10 grand in cash out of the, the thing. And we go in, throw it on the counter and start counting the money. And, and, uh, he said, I got to change my life. I said, you do, you do have to change your life. This is going nowhere. It's like nowhere fast, like as fast as you're making money. And I know you tell me, I know you tell me that you have a printing press. I know because of the people that you help out. I got that, but I, but I know that you're not happy and I know that, that, that you're sad. And I know that, you know, that your life is collapsing internally. It's imploding if you don't make a change. Yeah. And that's a story that's, that's a common story, bro. That's, that's a common story. It's, it's a story that's like, uh, as a person that doesn't live in that insanity would be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But like, I want, I, I want people to know that when they're the, the listening, the, the ones that don't have $10,000 sitting in their center, center council in their car of their black Mercedes convertible, um, that if you do get those, that's not going to make you a better person. It's not going to make you, it's not going to fulfill that hole. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to fix you. Your the, if you, if your problems you have right now, you put a lot of money on top of it, they'll probably still be there, but in a different form or fashion. And then I'm also saying that if you're super rich, it doesn't mean you have $10,000 worth of cash in your center no. council. It doesn't mean no. you spend it. So I, I have met people that were really wealthy that were great model citizens that 
that they were outstanding human beings. I've also met people in the same dollar value that were awful mm-hmm. and vice versa. I've mm-hmm. met people that were incredibly poor that they, they had this joy and peace mm-hmm. that I would have paid money to have. And I've also met people in the same circumstance that you could literally see evil. So let's talk about how many zeros are on the left side of the decimal because we live in the drunkest city in America. That's where we're, we're producing today, this podcast. We live in the drunkest, one of the drunkest cities in America. Yeah. Green Bay, Wisconsin. I think it's what, number, it's a, th- number yeah, three on it's, the list? It's sad. I'm, it's not, I'm not proud of that. And, you know, and Appleton's one? No, yeah, so, I mean, I'm we're not proud. 30, 30 yeah. metropolitan miles? I'm not, yeah, I'm not proud. What I'm saying to you is that you and I could pick any bar downtown Green Bay or Appleton. We could walk in. And we could find a guy who's got fewer zeros on the left side of the decimal, but in the same place, he's got a hundred bucks in his console that he's going to drink himself silly on Friday night Mm -hmm. and play the lotto to try to win some money to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, we're talking about not the volume of cash, but we're talking about the purpose of cash and what we understand cash to be the money. Why is it, is it the source for which we work and live for? Because when people are in poverty or their scarcity or they don't have enough money to pay their bills, money becomes their God in their pursuit. And they're distracted from the real source of who is their life-giving person, their life-giving Jesus. They they pursue the money instead of the Savior. Yeah. Now, that being said, it's not as we've proved in the last few minutes here, it's not how many zeros you have on the left side of the decimal, but it's how you look at it. Because there are people, there are people that have the brilliance and the wisdom and the knowledge about them, but just not the experience that they could go out today. And if they did the right thing, they could make millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. There's those people everywhere. So it it becomes now the question of when I get this, what am I going to do with it? And who will I acknowledge as the ultimate giver? Who, who will be the blesser? Is it my employer who blesses me? It, that's the conduit, yes. But, but they're not the source. Is it, is it my good work, my good graces, my brilliance? No. God's given you that. That's, that's a conduit. That's not the source. And if this idea is like hitting home with the money thing and, and, or isn't hitting home with the money thing. You can exchange money for any, anything, you know, like I, I know people that are single in their, in their late thirties, early forties, that all of a sudden the pursuit of finding a husband has now taken over all of their spare time, you know, has, has, has the pursuit of what they desire. Has that, is that now taking the place of God? Mm-hmm. I, I I've seen people really get into into working out, mm-hmm. you know. And in the beginning, it was oh, I feel good, yeah. body's getting a little better. Yeah. And now they have they have what would could only be described as Greek Greek God bodies. Mm-hmm. And does that make them happy? Mm-hmm. You know, no. The same the same holes are still there. You floated down an idea that's consistent with conversation here, and that is, what is it that we are perceiving that's going to make us whole and healthy? Mm-hmm. And for for the for this conversation, it's it's the the unholy trifecta, the evil trifecta. It's what one of the things, the number one thing that guys seek after. A close second is sex, and the close third is power. And often they're all one interchangeable. 
But the thing with the money is that it opens doors and gives opportunity with it, more with it than not, if you just think on that level. But if we look at if we look at at the provider of opportunity and the provider of blessing and the and the one who has designed our lives a certain way, that if we'll follow the plan, if we'll follow the plan that he's provided, he will bless us in accordance with his goodwill and pleasure. And the happiness and the joy and the fulfillment that we think we can buy with other things, other pursuits, like becoming a Greek goddess body or or having this particular car or or having this particular house. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting to no, better no. yourself. But but the 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 issue is who's my blesser? Who's my sender of opportunities? Who's who's the creator of my soul that that had designed me particularly and purposely for certain things? Yeah. If you're if you're incredibly unhappy right now, I promise if you put money on top of it, you're still going to be incredibly unhappy. Mm-hmm. It's if you if you're looking if you there's a desire to to for something more that is eating away at you and gnawing at your every thought and you stay awake at night. I promise when you get that thing, something else will be there gnawing away at you. Right. You know, again, you've tied this idea, this idea or this piece of an element of this whole concept. And that is that a lot of times money gets the first flag in our lives because it's the thing that we think that's going to give us power and opportunity and success. But you've you've raised an element in this whole equation, and that is is the things that we pursue and we get, we think we need to make us whole. Once we get those things, we find that they're empty as well. Mm-hmm. It's like if you talk to a guy and he's for forty years he's busted it and worked hard and climbed the ladder and done everything, and then he gets to the end of his life and he's laying on his deathbed and and he says, "I wished I would have had more time with my kids." Yeah. Right. So it again, it's not it's not the money, it's who made me, who designed me to to live and to function a certain way. And then secondly, if he loved me, Jesus loved me so much and designed a life for me, shouldn't it be him being the source and guiding me and giving me opportunities and telling me to take the right path instead of what I'm guessing about? Telling me who to have relationship in business and who to steer away from educating me and giving me wisdom on the, the kinds of risk that I should take or the kind of people I should be involved with. Yeah. There, there's a very healthy way to pursue success, financial success. Um, there's a very healthy way. And if you're, if your own house is in order, um, then that pursuit I'm sure will be fruitful. And I'm sure that when you get there, when you get that money, when you get that a little taste of success, you you won't change as a person. It'll just make your living circumstance better. And that's that's a very healthy thing to have. A very healthy thing to have is to say, you know what, I I, I might not be satisfied where I am financially, and I think I should make a little bit more money. Yeah. And I'm going to do that by hard work, and I'm going to do that by mm-hmm. determination. I'm going to do that by asking questions. But at all of it, at the center of all of it, God's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. 
when I put God in the center of anything I try to, to pursue, accomplish, um, truthfully, at the end of the story, it doesn't matter if I've accomplished it or not. If God is the center of it, I, I have, I have wholeness, I have peace, I have joy. Um, and weirdly enough, as long as God's at the center of it, in my entire adult life, I haven't worried about money. Not because I have boatloads of it, because I'm given exactly what I need in, in, in any circumstance. Um, it, it, it just happens to almost show up when I just get out of the way. Right. So we were, we were in a meeting uh, yesterday about um, identifying ourselves, rightly identifying ourselves and understanding ourselves and, and how we're gifted and designed. And one of the things that came out of the meeting was um, – we, we have a gift, but that gift can also be our greatest curse. And that gift will also cause our weaknesses to surface to the top. So we get to this picture, this place, this fork in the road, where we have to make a decision. And we have to decide, is it going to be me directing my life and making all these decisions as CEO, or am I going to choose the route of trusting Jesus and asking him to, to direct and redirect me from where I am to the center and core of his will for my life? Yeah. So then, then this inventory thing has to kick in. This inventory thing has to take place. How do I inventory? Well, question number one is, who's my source? If I say Jesus is my source, then my worry about what I have or don't have financially is not the focus of my life. If I'm impoverished or scarce, have scarcity or, you know, here's the interesting thing about people with lots of money is they have it invested and they use it. And they use it wisely. They use other people's money to make their own. But they have problems too. Yeah, it doesn't, the, the bank account doesn't exclude you to having normal problems. Normal problems being your everyday problems of fear and self-doubt, unhappiness, uh, boastfulness, egotism, sarcasm. Like uh, those things still exist irregardless of the amount of money you have in every, in, in every circumstance, those are, those are normal. Those are unnormal, normal circumstances for the human race. And if you get boatloads of money or if you have boatloads of money, you know, you, you, it doesn't exclude you from it. Mm -hmm. You, you always hear those, those tales of this, this athlete came to this restaurant and was just a jerk. You know, like <laughs> we hear be, that because, we hear that a little bit here, don't we? Because <laughs> maybe you know that that well, I have so much money, it, I, I'm excluded from being nice to people. Yeah, like I don't have to anymore. Yeah, because of and that's not the case. It's just the the people that don't have as much money just think poorly of you. You know, mm. they were probably always a, an unkind person. Mm. Just the money has amplified their unkindness. Yeah. If, if, if you, if you had a lot, have a lot of money, what's being amplified in your life? Right. Is Christ being amplified right. in your life? Right. 
or, or is egotism being amplified? That's the difference maker, you know, about this, about this inventory thing is one, who's your source? Number two is what really has God called me to do? What does he want me to do with my life? Because I may not be making the money that I desire to make to bless my family and build God's kingdom on the earth because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. You and I had this conversation a week or so ago about if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, there's going to come a peace with that. And there's also going to become sourcing, financing people. Yeah. There's, it's going to be there. It's Correct. going to be there. If we're doing, not doing what God wants us to do, what he's designed us to do, then those things won't be there and we'll have to struggle and strive for them. I know that when I'm in my rhythm doing the things that I'm supposed to do, that I literally, regardless of the problems or the difficulties that I'm experiencing at the time, I have a, a rhythmic flow, a, a consistent flow of ideas and uh, information and inspiration. It, it just won't stop coming. We've got to figure out the number two thing is what what did God design you to do? And He designed everybody to do something. Yeah, yeah. He He designed, and you know, the Bible talks about if if one if your gift is giving, then give generously. Right. You know, and and he and he has sometimes he has in some people kissed the, their checkbook, and for no explicable reason. Right. Like right. You 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 right. look at it and you're like, well, why did that person get it? Yeah. But. Well, there's there's a real good reason why, is because, and in, in our one of our worlds, vocational worlds, we talk a lot about giving, giving of of abilities, giving your your time to serve one another, giving actual finances to support ministries, and I think part of the part of the the beauty about having an abundance. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus said that I came to give you an abundant life, a whole life, a complete life. And that word abundant means whole and complete. So Jesus came to give us that. And we both know people in our circles, similar people who are wealthy people, but you wouldn't know it if they walked up to you because of their attitude because and and they give big to different charities and into church our church here they give big but you would never know and i think the secret to that is the humility of obedience to god's word just oh just oh god said do that i'm going to do this god said be humble i'm going to do that god said serve other people i'm going to serve other people yeah I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to help other people along. Yeah, those gifts of the spirit that yeah that, that the book talks about. Yeah, and, and and you know maybe maybe you yeah I mean maybe you have a different gift and you just have to utilize those gifts. That's all that that passage is saying. Just if you're going to do it, do it, do it as if you're doing it for God. Yeah, joyfully in like, everything yeah. you do, just do it like you're doing it yeah. for God. Yeah. You know, if you're going to work right now and maybe you're underpaid. Yeah. yeah, maybe you're underpaid. Maybe the hours suck, and maybe your boss doesn't treat you great. But you're not working necessarily for them. You yeah. treat everything as if you're doing it for God, mm. and there's a there's a there's a different level of peace that will come from it. Then, yeah, God will. I promise you, God is trusting you with a little right now to see how you handle that little. Yeah, and if you handle it out, out like outstanding, upright, 
he'll, he'll give you more yeah. to tr- if, if he can trust you with. And yeah. then you flip that, that, that scripture and you're like, well, how come he gave this person this much? You know, because they are, they don't look like they're good stewards with his money. That's between that person and God. Mm-hmm. Are you desiring more money? Because maybe the, maybe your lack of is because of your desire is too much. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this. I don't have a mm-hmm. desire. Uh, I don't have a desire for money, money, but money's there for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not poor. Mm-hmm. I, money doesn't have a, like a, I don't have, I'm not in bondage because of it. Yeah. I, I, I have other things that creep into my, into my brain in the middle of the night, Yeah. but money's not one of them. Yeah. And truthfully, because money's not one of them, I'm never tempted with it. I'm never, uh, I, I, I I'm never troubled by it. I have as much as I need and then a little bit, a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. Uh, if money is a big thing for you as a listener, um, is it because it's just taking too much stock in your brain? Mm. You know, your inventory is everything, good. everything ab- about you, good and bad. Yeah. You know, when you take that inventory of yourself, you're, you're taking an inventory of your, your, all your negative traits, your, mm-hmm. your distasteful thoughts and your distasteful actions. But then you also have to take inventory of the good things. What are you really good at? You know, are you, is your intelligence something that you're blessed with? Is your patience? Is Can you make people laugh? So we take an inventory of both good and bad. And where does money sit there? Mm-hmm. It's, it's For me, when I take that inventory, I don't even think about money. Like money is, has nothing to do with who I am. And I think because of that, in my, in, my, in my lifely, worldly experience, that's why it's not a problem for me because it's not even in the same equation. Mm-hmm. It is something that the enemy can't use to tempt me with, and it's something that God has sh- I've shown God that I, I'm trustworthy of having. Mm-hmm. And so that lesson is just checked off the checkbox. Mm-hmm. It's completely off the chart. So let's talk, let's talk just a minute about um, for people who, who are— are in the midst of I need to I need to move forward financially. Let's talk real here for just a second. People who need to move forward financially, but maybe you're you're capped out or topped out in your job, or there's nowhere else to go. We're surely not saying for you to go quit your job and do something different, but but be faithful where you are. If if you can't be trusted with what you have, yeah, you won't be trusted with more. That's so that's word right there. That's truth. That's um, that's uh, that's word. But ask God, like uh, Keith, you and I have had a couple of conversations about having four or five in income streams, four or five of those. Yep. You'll never go broke. Never go broke. They never. say five, if you have five income streams, uh, it, it, not only will you not go broke, but the likelihood of you retiring early greatly increases. Greatly increases. So let's look at it this way. You may think, well, I don't have anything that I could do. I don't have any anything I could create a side gig with or an extra deal that I could do. Look, all day look, we are all created in God's image. That's what the scripture says. And created, the word created means uh, in in the Hebrew ex nihilo out of nothing. God gave us because we're created in the in the uh, creator's image. We have the same power to create and 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 figure out and. And do things. So what we have to do is ask our God, our Lord, Jesus Christ, what 
what could I do extra, Father? What could I do? How can I how can I move forward? Give me some ideas about what I could do with my family and how we could do something together or maybe with a buddy or a business partner. Keep doing what I'm doing, but do this other thing to to grow and to get ahead, to be proved more faithful and to have more to steward. And I will tell you this, that people who are serious about that and go about that and, and diligently seek after the Lord about that, he always gives an answer. We could list people right now that we we know, all of us, all of you listening who have a couple of side gigs plus their regular job, and they're doing well at it. So find somebody that's doing that and ask questions. Yeah, how are you doing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, everyone listening has, has a, a talent or skill. Some of you are even lucky enough to be doing it professionally. Uh, for the people that aren't, once you, you, I mean, everyone knows what they're good at. You know, they're, I, it's really, un, un, it's really rare if I talk to somebody like, well, I don't know what I'm good at. They may not know how to monetize it, but they, they're you, good at something. Well, you, you just, they're good at something. You probably just don't know how to monetize it, but somebody does. Mm-hmm. And I'm sh- like, I would even venture to say somebody in your circle yes. of people that you see on a regular basis yes. that you trust yes. probably know how to yes. monetize it. Yeah. And then that second portion is just the fear. Get off your butt and doing it. Yeah. And all of that, everything that we just talked about in the last three minutes can be found through God. Mm-hmm. God will give you the idea. He will give you the talents, the desires of your heart. And what the, are they? But then when you get, when you have to get step out on the field and perform, it can be scary. But who do you go to when, when things, when the odds are against you and when you're full of fear, if you're not going to God, that's the lesson. It's well, but if you're not going to God and here's the, here's the climactic crescendo. If you're not going after God, you fall back to the, the, the default, and the default is, how do I get more money to live and survive? Mm-hmm. And that's the default. Yep. That's either trust God or don't. If you, if you, maybe this whole why I don't have money, maybe it's just the question shouldn't be why I don't have money. You should be asking, why don't I trust God? Mm-hmm. Trust God, the money will come. Yeah. Trust, ask God what to do, the money will come. If you have the money, trust God, you'll get peace. Trust God, you'll get joy. Sure. I would even recommend helping your man, your, your fellow man. <laughs> you do that, God will see that. Yeah. He sees these actions. He knows the heart. Yeah. He sees all of these things. Yeah. What you're That's trying good. to buy in peace. Yeah. What you're trying to buy in peace hmm. and not finding it. Put that energy into God and you will always find it. Hmm. You will always find it. What, what do we, what do we, what kind of information do we have right here? So uh, if you want to make contact with us, you can connect it with us at fatherseekers.org. One of the things that we're doing right now is promoting the podcast and we, we need your, your likes and mostly your comments about, are we effectively giving you information that's helpful? And then the other thing is this, we have some wonderful supplements here that will help you that are designed around what we've been talking about. And we can help you with purpose, identity, sonship, and legacy in your life. So hit us up, fatherseekers.org. 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 If you're already listening to this podcast, which if you just heard me say that, you're listening to this podcast, go check out fatherseekers.org. They have, there's just, there's, there's information there. There's resources there. And, and, you know, I want to say one more thing. 
you know, when we were talking, there's a, there's a quote that I'd recently uh, read by Sir Anthony Hopkins. And word for word, I won't give it to you because I, I don't remember word for word. But the yeah. idea was this. When asked what would what, what's the most shocking thing about, because he's a world, world famous actor, one of the best actors ever lived. Mm-hmm. He said, asked, what is the most... What is the what is the most shocking thing that you found in all your years of acting and all the success and accolades you had? He replied with that when I chased, when I tried to get to the top of the food chain in the acting business, when I got there, um, I was shocked to find out how 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 lonely it was, how how my pursuit of of greatness when I got to the top of the tree, how empty it was, <laughs> and. And as we talk about money, if you're going after these things and you're still not finding what you're looking for, that's that's depressing. But if you go after that with the same vigor, if you go after God with that, with the same vigor, you will you will yield fruit. So yeah. thank you for listening yeah. to this episode of Father Seekers Podcast. This is part one of the evil trifecta, money, sex, and power. Next, uh, next week, we'll be talking about the sex portion of this. Um, so yeah. thank you. Rate and review our podcast if you have an opportunity because your rating and reviewing our podcast uh, boosts our our, our our eyeballs on it. So yeah. um, uh, for Pastor Barry, I'm Pastor Keith. Thank you for oh. listening this week. We look forward to next week. <laughs>